Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Say Hey Podcast. Like always, I'm your host, James Donahue, and hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. All right. I think I can pretty much speak for everyone here when I say, let's get back to Giants baseball. Don't get me wrong. I love the all-star break. I love seeing Brandon Crawford represent our team. However, the Giants just came off a sweep against the Washington Nationals, man. The Giants have great momentum heading into this series against the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm ready to watch some baseball again. All-star breaks are always fun. I think they're always necessary, especially when your team needs a well-deserved break. But also, at the same time, we've had four days of not having Giants baseball. That's way too long. I'm ready to watch some games again. And if you all remember from last episode, I was trying to explain that this time we are right in the very middle of the most important time of the season, in my opinion, because the Giants do have a tough schedule up ahead. It's not looking too good. Over these next two weeks, the Giants play the Dodgers seven times. All right, July 19th, the Giants start a four-game series in L.A., and then the following week, the Giants play the Dodgers again in San Francisco. But right after that series in San Francisco, the Giants are also playing the Houston Astros. So it was kind of important to gain ground on the St. Louis Cardinals during that first matchup. However, that didn't go as planned, but they did sweep the Washington Nationals, and now they play the St. Louis Cardinals again. In my opinion, I would love for another sweep. Obviously, that's a perfect scenario. But I also think the Giants are fully capable of doing it. And the reason for that is because in this series against the St. Louis Cardinals, the Giants will have Kevin Gosman going tonight and Anthony Descofani going tomorrow. They're two best pitchers. Johnny Cueto will pitch the third game, but you know what? I'm still confident that the Giants can win that game despite Johnny Cueto's recent struggles because... On the mound for the Cardinals is Wade LeBlanc, and that guy doesn't scare me at all, considering that he is currently rocking a 4.78 ERA on the year, and at this point in the season, we all know what the Giants can do to average pitching. After coming off a sweep of the Nationals, if the Giants can sweep the Cardinals, have two sweeps in the row, can you imagine that type of momentum heading into the series in LA against the Dodgers? That would be insane. So it is very important that the Giants get at least two out of three. Of course, we would all be happy with the sweep, but in my opinion, the Giants need to win at least the first two games. I am not accepting anything less. All right, so for the big portion of this show, we're going to talk some trade deadline possibilities. And, you know, since the Giants are sitting pretty at the very top of the National League West, you know, there needs to be a conversation to be had. Are the Giants going to be buyers? Or are they going to be sellers at the trade deadline? Because you can look at the Giants, this Giants team, from different perspectives. You can look at it this way. A, they haven't really, you know, rebuilt their team yet. 
all the old guys are just playing so well, and it's amazing to see. However, this really isn't the team of the future. This is just a team that's winning right now. So one perspective you can say, you can say, well, you know, why don't the Giants just go ahead and start trading everyone so they can get more prospects? Okay, you know, that is a perspective that you could be taking. However, I will respectfully disagree with that take. Me personally, in my opinion, I believe the Giants will be buyers at the trade deadline. Okay, now that we've decided that the Giants will be buyers, we now have to, you know, kind of figure out what they will be buying and how much they're willing to give up at this trade deadline because kind of the same thing, we haven't really rebuilt this team yet. So we don't want to give away all of our top prospects before they even show up just because you're trying to win the World Series for one year. So for the next couple of episodes, I'm going to be talking about uh, different positions the Giants can improve on. Uh, of course, this is all my opinion. Um, I'm going to be talking about starting pitching. I would love for the Giants to somehow add depth to their starting rotation. I'm going to be talking about relief pitching because, you know, what team doesn't need great relief pitching? Uh, and then I'm going to be talking about possible hitters that might fit the Giants criteria, might fit the Giants scheme, might fit the Giants platoon system. So this episode is going to feature starting pitching. All right, let's go ahead and dive right into it. So in my opinion... All right, this is all my opinion. I think the worst thing the Giants can do is trade for a rental. So what do I really mean by that? Um, what I mean is that a trade for a player like Chris Bryant at the deadline who is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Now, not specifically Chris Bryant. I love Chris Bryant, but what I'm trying to say is an elite player who's also going to be a free agent because, you know, don't get me wrong. I actually love Chris Bryant as a player, not only for what he brings to a team offensively, but specifically, I also love his defensive versatility. He can play outfield, he can play third base, and he can play first. And if there's anything we've learned about Farhan Zaidi, it's that he values versatility. So for the for all of these reasons, I would actually love for the Giants to go out and get Chris Bryant in free agency next year instead of paying the bank for him now, giving away our top prospects now with no guarantee of him re-signing with the Giants next year in the future. I just don't want another situation where the Giants traded Carlos Beltran, um, excuse me, they traded for Carlos Beltran, and in return, they gave away their top pitching prospect, Zach Wheeler, and the next year, Carlos Beltran walked, not only leaving a huge hole in the Giants' farm system, but they also did not secure the top acquisition or, you know, one of the most elite hitters at that time for long term, thus leaving the Giants empty no matter which way you looked at the situation. Because if you really think about it, Farhan Zaidi has spent his entire tenure with the Giants building up a farm system that once ranked the 26th worst farm system in the MLB to now a farm system that, on, that not only ranks in the top 10, but also features five different minor leaguers in the top 100 minor league list. It's amazing. In my opinion, the last thing Farhan wants to do is give away this franchise's future for a player that would only play for half a season with, again, no guarantee of signing that same player for the following season. Rental trades just don't sit well with me personally, especially since the Giants haven't really rebuilt their team yet, as I've already said several times. Farhan has done such a great job with this current Giants team, but the truth is, this is not going to be the team of the future. This is just a team that's winning right now, which is absolutely fantastic, but as a fan... I value sustainable success over short-term happiness. And what I mean by that is, if you look at the Dodgers, all right, they have won eight consecutive division titles in a row. 
Uh, that's a little redundant there. And I couldn't help but fantasize about what that, mu- that must be like for a fan base. And the thing is, the Dodgers are still built for success. They've won eight consecutive titles in a row, and they're built for eight more. Their time has not come and gone. I would love for this Giants organization and the front office to turn this franchise into something that is successful, and that doesn't happen by trading your future away before you even have a chance to experience it. I do not want to trade away Joey Bart. I do not want to trade away Marco Luciano. I do not want to trade away Heliot Ramos, Hunter Bishop, Kyle Harrison, Luis Matos, Alexander Canario, Sean Hagelli, or Seth Corey. I would much rather the Giants go after a player that is far less expensive than Bryant at the deadline who wouldn't demand such a high-profile prospect package while still considering going after Chris Bryant in free agency the following year. That way, the Giants can have the best of both worlds. Think about it. What if the Giants, instead of trading for Bryant right now, instead signed him the following year in free agency to a long-term contract, but still had three of their top five prospects to build around Bryant for the future? Now, I say three and not five because I'm not completely unrealistic and naive. I still believe the Giants are going to be buyers at the deadline, which will most likely result in having to give up something substantial. The question is now... What will they have to give up and for which players slash players? And for the sake of entertainment, I took it upon myself to outline a few different avenues the Giants could take at this deadline. So make sure you stick around to hear the entire episode. First player I like, Danny Duffy, starting pitcher for the Kansas City Royals. All right. He's 32 years old, which means he's definitely not part of their long-term plans, which also means his age alone puts a ceiling on what the Royals can get in return. The Royals are 18 games out of first place, which might be a strong indication. I don't know about you. It might be a strong indication that they won't be competing in the playoffs this year. And this also means they are more than likely a popular team to move some, you know, some of the productive pieces they do have. Now, if you look at Duffy's contract, you might be saying, James, what the hell? He's literally a free agent at the end of this season, which is exactly what you just said was a bad idea. And although, yes, you are correct. I was more referring to the elite players who would be free agents at the end of this year, like Bryant. Because if you think about this particular situation, you'll notice that it's vastly different due to Duffy's age. The Giants are not going to give up a top five prospect for Danny Duffy, maybe for Bryant, but not for Duffy. Which is awesome, because let's just say Duffy decides to go elsewhere next season after being traded to the Giants. Well... That's completely fine, because considering they didn't, they wouldn't have to give up the bank in order to acquire him. I hope that all makes sense. But also, on the other side, if the Giants do sign Duffy, let's just say to a two-year deal, the average annual salary of that contract would be vastly cheaper than a contract that features a more high-profile player. So, to sum this all up, I like Danny Duffy because he's having a great year. And I think he would add nothing but stability, structure, and depth to the starting rotation. But the reason why I love Danny Duffy is that a trade for him would be on the cheaper side considering his age. All right. That actually wasn't that bad of a breakdown. Good job, James. All right, moving on to the next guy. It's going to be Zach Eflin, a starting pitcher from the Philadelphia Phillies. All right. He's 27 years old. Great. He's on the younger He's on the younger side, and he isn't a free agent until 2023, which means if the Giants traded for him now, they would still have an extra year of control over his contract the following season. So that's a perfect scenario. 
But as of right now, what makes things even better is that Eflin is rocking at 3.88 ERA on the year, and he's actually projected to have a better ERA based on how well he's been throwing his pitches. Last year during the COVID season, Zach Eflin was striking out 10 batters per nine innings. And although he's not quite striking out as many batters at that high of a clip this year, he's still getting the job done by way of the strikeout. And the biggest reason why I like him is that he is currently in the top 1% of the league in walk percentage. That's right. He's currently one of the top pitchers in all of baseball who aren't walking batters. And that's obviously amazing because minimizing base runners is a huge part of being a starting pitcher. Now, What's there to figure out here? Well, as of right now, the Phillies are second in their division, all right? They are three and a half games back behind the New York Mets, which usually means the second place team isn't really going to sell a piece of their rotation because they are trying to make a push for the playoffs, which also means Eflin might be the more expensive piece in terms of prospect value. Also, he's younger and he has that extra year of control. So now that I think about it, Eflin might be more of an expensive route But you know what? I still like him. He's young. He's undervalued. Not a lot of people know his name in the league. And I think he has a lot of great tools that the Giants can work with to propel him into becoming an even better pitcher. So Zach Eflin is also on my list. All right. Moving on to another pitcher who you would definitely recognize, and that's Cole Hamels. As of today, July, yep, July 16th, Cole Hamels is currently putting on a showcase for MLB teams. All right. The reason why I like this is because Cole Hamels, in order for the Giants to acquire him, they would just have to sign him. They wouldn't have to trade anyone. They wouldn't have to miss out on any prospects. All right. You see what I'm saying here? And in my opinion, as we've seen with pitchers such as Drew Smiley, Kevin Gosman, Alex Wood, and you name it, pretty much fill in the blank, the Giants have the tools to help pitchers improve their game, including, all right, including veterans who have been well-established in the league for years and years. That's right, Cole Hamels. It's definitely an avenue the Giants could take, something to consider in case they don't want to give up anything. But you know what? What do I know? All right, moving on to another pitcher, and that's going to be Robbie Ray. This might be the most expensive option, but I still like him. The 29-year-old, all right, and also, okay, the reason why you might be like, okay, who is Robbie Ray? I've heard him before. And he was in the Arizona Diamondbacks organization for, I think, five or six years. But last year, he was a free agent, and the Blue Jays signed him. I personally wanted the Giants to sign him, but the Blue Jays uh, ended up walking away with Robbie Ray. And this is the reason why I wanted the Giants to sign him. As of right now, he's currently sporting a 3.13 ERA on the year and has struck out 130 batters over 100 innings pitched. That's amazing. But recently, Ray has been setting the world on fire. The month of June, in the month of June, Ray struck out 50 batters in 34.2 innings pitched and produced a 2.86 ERA. And not to mention his most recent start against the Rays featured seven innings of shutout baseball while striking out 11 batters and only surrendering one hit and one walk. Like I said, the price for Ray in terms of what the Giants would have to give up might be too high right now, but I do love him as a potential option for the Giants to go after in free agency. And the final starting pitcher I'll mention on today's show is actually a name I've mentioned before, and that's going to be John Means, starting pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles. He's 28 years old. He's definitely a late bloomer in the Orioles organization, but you know what? At this point, the Orioles, we all know they aren't going anywhere, but the best part about John Means, not only is he in his prime and an established veteran, 
but he's not going to be a free agent until 2025. It's kind of like a situation with Mike Yastrzemski. The Giants don't have to give Yaz the bank yet because Yaz has actually only played three years of baseball, so he's not even eligible to have a big league contract yet. Same thing here with John Means. Means won't be eligible for a big league contract until 2025, and the man is 28 years old. He's in his prime, and he's only being paid $594,000. This is, my God, the perfect situation. He's currently rocking a 2.28 ERA on the year, and he's actually already thrown a no-hitter this year. And you're probably thinking to yourself, James, what the heck? This guy sounds way too expensive. Ah, but he is injured. He is injured. I know. So that hopefully, maybe, you know, cheapens his value. But you know what? At the end of the day, I have no idea. All I know is that I would love for John Means to, you know, play for our orange and black instead of the Baltimore Orioles orange and black. All right, everyone. I think that is going to be all for today's show. Thank you so much for supporting the Say Hey podcast. Your love and support of this show is overwhelming. Again, everyone, I'm your host, James Donahue, as I am for every show. And also, you know this already, but I'll say it again. You can find the Say Hey podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined. Again, everyone, continue to stay safe out there. Continue to be smart. But most importantly, go Giants.